0: You thought I was going to open up with the announcement? Like, no, I'm going to make you like, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm going to mention it at some point during my sermon. All right, it'll be an illustration at some point during my sermon. I'll let you guys wonder when that's going to be. But hey, so, so this, um, this week, we're starting off our new series. Uh, and really what we're looking at is we're looking at this idea of being formed. What does it look like to be formed by God? In Scripture, what we see a lot of times is we see this analogy of the potter and the clay. The potter and the clay, and, and that correlation is, is God's relationship to humanity. God's relationship to us. He's the potter, we're the clay. But to understand this analogy in depth, I want to take about four weeks and and go through the process. Sam, can you hold this? It'll drive me crazy if it's in my pocket. Go through the process of of forming clay. Go through the process of forming pottery. Go through the process of what it looks like for us to truly be clay and allow God to be the potter. So if you're familiar with with any of this, you, you found it in Jeremiah chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 2 through 6. Some of y'all are like, where's the book of Jeremiah? (laughs) Let me read it to you. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my word, says God. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his will, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hands, and he reworked another vessel, and it seemed good for the potter to do. The word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands. Can we remember today that we are just clay in the potter's hands? Regardless of what life throws at us, we're just clay in the potter's hands. Regardless of what society says, we're still clay in the potter's hands. But, but how was clay prepared? Do I have any potters in the room? Anybody get on a wheel, spin some clay? Good. I'm glad. That way, if you're in overflow, don't run over here and tell me my analogy's wrong. All right, but nobody in here can correct me. I've been, I've been doing some research, I've, and by research, I've been watching YouTube. Right? Like, I'm, I'm basically a master potter now. But but this is how clay. This is how clay is made. That analogy will make sense later in my sermon. Uh, But clay clay begins with dirt. I don't know if you know this or not, but North Carolina is actually home to some of the richest clay dirt in the nation. In fact, here's a fun fact. I Googled this. Google says this is true. Uh, Seagrove, North Carolina serves as the center of ceramics, not for North Carolina, but for the world. Y'all know where Seagrove, North Carolina is? Me neither. (laughs) Some of you are like, ah, I know there, I've been there, never been there. But evidently, there's some cool ceramics there, there's some cool, but evidently, when you, go, when you go to Seagrove, North Carolina, it's basically, all these shops are basically pottery shops everywhere that you go. But from the ground, clay is dug, and then it's taken through this process of purification. So you have dirt, you have clay, you have the raw material, you maybe have some sticks and, and some rocks, but, but it's all dug out of the earth, and then water is added. It, once water is added, I don't know if you knew this or not, but clay is actually lighter than dirt and the other raw material. So for a moment, the clay actually rises to the top and all the other material can be sifted away. Then the filtering process is used to remove any impurities from the clay. And then once the water is fully evaporated, what you have left is the clay material. But it can't be used just yet. There's another process called wedging. Does anybody know what wedging is? Not a wedgie, wedging. Thank you for laughing at my jokes. Comedy hour here, guys. But the raw clay must be wedged in order to become pliable. So to work with the clay, you have to wedge it. And the wedging process is a constant pressing and folding. It's a constant pressing and folding, pressing And folding. Does anybody else feel like they're living a life that they're constantly pressed and they're constantly folded? They're constantly pressed and they're constantly folded. When you started off, you were just dirt with some raw material and some clay. But then you were introduced to this guy named Jesus, and some water was added, and that was good. You you got rid you got rid of most of the imperfections. Most of my wife's here. Hey, babe. I love you. She was feeding our daughter, so don't think she's late to church. God, I have, I have squirrel moments, like seriously. But constant pressing and folding, pressing and folding. But when you were introduced to Jesus, the water was added. You got rid of the imperfections. That was the easy part. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll follow Jesus. But then Jesus started pressing us, right? He started folding us. You know God told you to take that career path, but it's more difficult than you thought it would be. You know God told you to step away from that job that you had, but, but man, you thought the path was going to be a little easier. You know God told you to start the business, but, but you, thought, you thought that you would make a profit sooner than, than you did. You, you, you know that God told you to serve in kids' ministry, but it's a little difficult to get, get up on Sunday mornings after you've worked a full week. You, you, know, you know that you've been told. You know that Scripture says to tithe 10%, but, but when you do, you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck at the end of each month. You know that God has perfect timing, but, but, but you see, it seems like everything is difficult and you're just in this waiting process. You feel like you're constantly folded and pressed and folded and pressed. It's the constant pressing and the constant folding. There's no doubt about it that the preparation for clay is actually a violent but tough process. The reality of it is, though, it's critical because without the folding, Without the pressing, without the wedging of clay, the clay can never be used to be formed. It will never be pliable enough to be formed. For so many, we never see our ultimate purpose because we don't trust the preparation process. We don't trust the folding. We don't trust the pressing. It's violent, but it's critical. The preparation process becomes too much for us to handle, so we never reach our full potential. We're introduced to Jesus, but we never let him form us into the life that we're meant to live. We start to question God. Anybody in the room question God? Thanks for one person. I do. I'll raise both hands. (laughs) Wait, the pastor can question God? (laughs) Yeah, I do it a lot. I've questioned God. God, why, why do the people that I feel like I pour the most into hurt me the most? God, why did you call us to buy the land that we did if you knew water was going to be difficult? God, God you, you know we're out of space in the movie theater. Please provide another space. we got extra chairs in here this morning. Overflow was full. God, provide, provide something. We question God. And in a sense, we refuse to fully submit to Him. The more that we question God, the less we can submit. Now now, now hear me. It's okay to ask God questions. We're not called to question God. We we can ask, God, what are you doing? God, what are you up to? God, show, show me the next step. You can ask the questions. God, are you sure you're right? God, I think I can handle this one on my own. You see the difference? It's okay to ask God questions. It's not okay to question God. Well, I'm going to take this job anyway because God, God, you, you said you were going to provide. I, I know you told me not to take this job, but I'm going to take it because I'll make more money and I'll be able to provide for my family in a way that I don't know if you can. Wow. There's enough people that serve at this church. I don't, I don't think I need to serve. There, there's enough people in the kids ministry. There's enough people serving at youth. There, there's no room for me, God. They've got it under control. I don't, I don't need to serve. Maybe you said something like this. I, I feel like God's telling me to start a group, but if I start it, nobody's going to come anyway. So why why would I even put myself out there like that? I, God, I don't, I don't think you're right on this one. No, Nobody's going to show up. Church, if we can understand that he is the potter and that we are ultimately the clay, not only will this series make sense, the rest of your life will make sense. God is the potter and we are the clay. And Isaiah speaks to the dangers of the clay that doesn't fully submit to the potter. So Isaiah chapter 45, starting in verse 9, says this, what sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? I want to stop right there and be like, I don't want to argue because I don't want to know the sorrow. (laughs) Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, stop it, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? God says, I am the one who made the earth and created the people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. Does the clay pot argue with its maker? To argue means to contend or to plead a cause. God, are you sure you got it right this time? I I don't think you can use me that way. God, I don't feel like I can step into that ministry. Feel in your own way. I can give you analogy after analogy. Y'all know what y'all are dealing with. You know what you go through week in and week out? You know the, the relationships that you're dealing with? You know the work situations that you're dealing with? I can give you an example, but, but implement this in your own life. Are you arguing with God? Are you trying to plead your own cause? Imagine that in your workplace, regardless of where you work, imagine that in your workplace, if your work actually started talking back to you. Rich, could you imagine working with steel and the steel said, hey, don't, don't put me there? Don't fasten me there. You, you don't know what a sound structure is. Don't don't put me there. Maria, could you imagine racing a car? And, and, and could you imagine as you're racing, the car says something along the lines of, "Don't drive me that way. Turn right instead of left." <laughs> Robert, could you imagine lifting weights? And, and could you imagine the weight say, "Don't don't lift me that way." That, that, that's uncomfortable to put me above your head and squat me 7,000 times. Like, don't, don't lift me that way. I feel like I need to publicly apologize to you for making you hold a staff for 30 minutes. <laughs> Realize how hard that was. Could you imagine if you're a teacher? Some of you are like, that's a bad analogy because the kids talk back. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but no, ima- imagine you're grading a paper, right? And the paper the paper starts talking back. And, and the paper says something along the lines of, don't grade me that way. Maybe you work in logistics. And maybe the pallets start talking back. Don't align me that way. Don't put me in that shipping container. Don't put me on that truck. It makes no sense. And it sounds beyond crazy. But that's what we do as clay in the potter's hands. Wow. We're the work. He's the worker. He's the potter. But for some reason, we start to talk back, God. God, don't send me that direction. God, I don't, I don't want to serve in that capacity. God, I don't want to take that job. God, God I don't want to tell that person about you. God, I don't want to pray for, for that person. God, I don't. It's not who I am. I can't do that. It sounds crazy when I put the analogy to, to your work. Imagine being at Chick fil A and the Chick fil A sa- sandwich says, don't put me together with two pickles and butter on the bun. Like it doesn't make sense. But we do it in our life every single day when we argue with God. Church, in seasons of preparation, we can trust the vision of the potter because the potter always shapes with intentionality. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to nations, God is speaking to Jeremiah and reminds him of the intentionality of his design. Master potters, regardless of the clay, always have a vision for the clay. Y'all, we're all different. You guys, we're all different. There's a lot of northerners in here. We're, we're all different. We're all different clay. But God has a vision and a purpose for each and every single one of us. Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? It shouldn't, but sometimes we do. Church, in seasons of preparation, we can trust the skill of the potter. We can trust the skill of Jesus. We can trust the skill of Scripture. We can trust what this word says. We can trust the direction that he's given us, but for some reason we've become self-identified experts because we read blogs, read books, and, and watch YouTube videos. So, so we say something along the lines of, I'm an expert in nutrition because I watched a YouTube video on nutrition. I, I, I'm an expert in, in lifting because, you know, I've wa- I, watched a, I watched a video on how to do CrossFit, but I've never done CrossFit a day in my life, but, but I watched the videos. I think I'm dying here. Can we get a, a mic for me? Robert, could you you imagine that if someone someone said something along the lines of, hey, I've never done CrossFit before, but but I watched a couple videos. I'm sure I can do everything. I'm sure I can do every movement and everything that you can do. It's crazy, but that's, that's how we've become in life. That's what we've done sometimes when we've said something along the lines of, I watched the video, so I know how to do it. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. Sounds like the news and social media (laughs) that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Verse 9, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Church, Jesus isn't a supplement to your life. He is the lead of your life. Jesus isn't something that you just add to your life to make you feel better about yourself. He should be the one leading your life. The scary part is, this is what we use to shape us. We watch the videos, we read the books... We listen to the, the podcast, we read the blogs, and that shapes our life more than the word of God shapes our life. But what does the clay know? Can it know the purpose it was created for? Jeremiah chapter 29 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, even though, even though the clay, even though we question God sometimes, God always has a response. Verse 12, I'm the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All of the stars hang at my command. All the stars. In seasons of preparation, we have to check the record. Check the record. Check the record on who set the stars into place. Check the record on who can breathe into dust and create life where there was none. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 12 says this. Who else held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Church, we have to check the record. Whose hands are big enough to hold the oceans? We have to check the record. Who else held his hands up and told the moon, you go there. And told the sun, you go there. And told the stars, you hang in your place. Listen to David's heart when he said this in Psalm chapter 139. David is having an intimate moment with his maker and he says this. He writes, he writes these words. He says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. And some of you need to say this over your life. Some of you need to remember that your Father in heaven thinks this about you. So Some of you need to listen to these words and let them hit hit not just your, your head, but your heart. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. I don't know your journey. I don't know where you are, but I know God sees you. He saw you before you were born, and he sees you now. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And When I wake up, you're still with me. But don't just check the record of Scripture. Don't just listen to David's words. Check the record of your own life. I have to check the record of my life. Who gave us hope when we had a miscarriage? It was God. Who affirmed me as a pastor when others didn't? It was God. Who made it possible for us to plant a church in Davidson? It was God. Who made the movie theater available for us to move into? It was God. Who gave us favor with the town to be able to occupy the theater? It was God. Who came through two months before my dad died and and, and he received salvation? It was God. Who protected me when I was 17 years old? When I was in a major car wreck? It was God. Who protected me when I was 14 years old and was tossed off the back of a motorcycle over a car into oncoming traffic? It was God. Who protected you? It was God who provided for you. It it was God who cared for you. It was God. It was God and it will always be God. Church, we have to check the record. It will always, always, always be God. Regardless of what you're going through in life, you are the clay and he is the potter. He's the potter. We're the clay. Are you allowing yourself to be prepared? Are you allowing yourself to be folded and pressed and folded and pressed? Pastor, it feels like you're coming to the end of your sermon and you haven't told us the big announcement. So wake up. Y'all can wake up now. If you're in overflow, wake up. Get on the edge of your seat. Here's the big announcement. And it's only possible because of the faithfulness of God. Church, you know we're in a process of building a building. I've asked many of you, hey, what are some of your guesses? Like, what what do you think's going on? A a few people said, well, maybe we got some permitting. A few people said, well, maybe we're breaking ground. You know, maybe we're adding another service to the movie theater. There's a lot of things that, that people have actually come up with. We're building a building. We're still building a building. But you know that we're absolutely out of space. You can look around the room and tell that we're absolutely out of space. Statistics say that if an auditorium is at 80% capacity when a new person walks in the door, then they're more than likely not going to return for a second service. Chaz, you and your family are crazy. You came back. More than likely, they're not going to come back because they feel like, statistics and psychology says they feel like they're not welcome. They feel like there's not a space for them. We will never be a church where someone walks in the door and they don't feel like there's a space for them. That, 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 that's why we do what we do. We're outgrowing our kids' space. All the kids are coming in. Y'all, y'all ever been to one of those theaters? Some of y'all served in there? There's 14 kids under the age of four running around. Like, Pray for my salvation. It's all good problems we're saying thank you Jesus. thank you Jesus will you provide? Thank you Jesus will, will you provide so here here's the big announcement Church, we're moving locations We're at, we're actually I'm glad somebody got excited. We're moving locations but but before I show you what before I show you what let me show you where so go ahead and put that first slide up. It's actually only two point nine miles down 115. So it's it's right down the road. Google says that it's six minutes away. Don't trust everything Google says. You can trust this. If you drive a little faster, it's gonna take less time. But but here, here's the crazy, here's the crazy thing. It's only 1.7 miles from the land. So it's only 1.7 miles from where we're moving, which is about a three-minute drive. like, Pastor, are we out in the middle of nowhere? Like, y'all found y'all found a cow pasture? Like, we, we pitching some tents. No, go ahead and put that, that picture of the school up. We're actually partnering with Liberty Preparatory Christian Academy. So, church, this is gonna be, come on, Sam. I'm glad somebody got excited. Somebody's excited. But but it's not because of what we've done, it's all because of what God has done. Go ahead and go to that next slide. This is gonna be our new auditorium space. Everybody in Overflow said amen and amen. Because we're going to be under one, we're going to be under one roof, under one room. So we're we're actually going to be able to fit up to 250 chairs in this room. So we're going to be able to grow, church. We're going to be able to continue to grow. Go ahead and go to the next slide. This is going to be our new lobby space. So we have some lobby space that we get to meet in. We don't have to rush out. We get to hang out. This, This next slide is my favorite slide. Go ahead and put it up. This is our new space for our kids. Our kids get to play on the playground. They have a full gym that they're going to be able to run around in. Everybody is serving the kids like, praise God. And then they're like, oh, Lord, that means there's going to be more kids. We need more. we need more. We need more multipliers. It's all because of God. Church, the pressing is worth it. The preparation is worth it. The folding and the pressing and the folding and the pressing. We've been in this movie theater for four years. It's been a blessing. We've stewarded it well. We've grown to a capacity. I talked to Curtis Fain. He's the one that, part owner in the movie theater is the one that lets us come in here. And I was thinking, oh, Lord, he's going to be upset. First thing out of his mouth, praise God. The purpose of you going into that movie theater was to outgrow the movie theater. Praise God. So, church, this is where we're moving. But a few things need to happen. Let me tell you the time frame first. Y'all, y'all know I like to push the envelope a little bit. Where is Where is I don't think he's in here. All gas, no brakes. All gra- gas, no brakes. Yeah, we, we have this. Yeah, <laughs> Luke Watts. Luke Watts, his, his, his thing is gas, gas pedals on the right. Gas is on the right. We, we don't want to know where the brakes are. Brakes are for quitters. That's what I was waiting for. I was looking for you, actually. Brakes are for quitters. All gas, no brakes. Gas yes on the right, church. We're moving into this location in two Sundays. Yeah. Two Sundays. Yeah. Y'all, are like, "Yeah." What does that mean for me? <laughs> like, what you about to ask? I, I got two two things that need to happen. Let me go through this. So we're moving by faith, but here's what needs to happen. We need to raise fifty thousand dollars by the end of August to be able to pay for the rest of the year's rent for the new facility and to get us about halfway through. Next year. Pastor, why, why do we need to do that? We need to do that so we can keep the same timeline and the same schedule for our building. We're still building. We're still moving. We're still gonna be cuz because we're gonna outgrow, we're gonna outgrow the school. Amen. We're, we're gonna utilize the school, we're gonna outgrow the school. This will allow us to pay for the rent. Let let me be let me be clear. This is above and beyond your tithe and your kingdom builders. Y'all, I don't talk about money a lot, but when I do, this is what I tell you. Don't do the math, do your part. Don't do the math, do your part. Listen, may, maybe there is someone in the room that you can stroke a, a $50,000 check. Fantastic, praise God, amen. But but maybe, maybe there's a family that can write a $25,000 check. Maybe there's a family that can write a 10 or a 5. Maybe there's several families in here that can write a check for $1,000. This is what I know, our staff is all in. Our staff, our staff is giving, we're not going to ask you to do something that we're not already doing. We're all in. This is making an investment into the kingdom. So let me tell you the how. And tell you how. You text multiply Lake Norman, all one word, to 77977. 77977. And then you select Lake Norman as your location. You type in whatever amount that you want to give. This is, this is my heart. Hear my heart for a second. What I really want to happen is I want 100% participation. I don't care if it's a dollar. I just want 100% participation. And in the memo, in the memo, you type new move. In the memo, you type new move. So it'll go direct. These funds aren't for anything else, but the rent for the building and moving into that new space. There's some, some preparation that, that we need to do. We're going to be sending an email out about this as well. The second thing is this. We got some legwork to do. All right? We got, you're like, two weeks. Everybody said, oh, yeah, praise God, amen. That means I need your feet and your hands. So this is what next week looks like. Don't show up all nice and pretty, all right? Don't 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 show up in your iron shirts and your, in your collars and don't show up in your nice pants and your nice shoes. Show up in some basketball shorts and a T-shirt, all right? If you burn, wear some sunscreen, all right? <laughs> Listen, sometimes God calls us to tarry at the altar. Sometimes God calls us to pray, Sometimes God calls us to sit in His presence, but what I know about God is sometimes He calls us to get off of our tail and to work. Sometimes He calls us to put our hands and our feet to work. And so I've, I've labeled this um, our active service. Pastor, I've never heard of an active service. I've made it up just now. Um, but our, act, our, amen. Um, our, our active service looks like this. Honestly, we're going to come and we're going to have us. So I'm going to preach. We're going to have worship. We're going to we're gonna do a service. But then right after that, man, we're going to pack everything up in the cars. We're going to pack everything up in vans and trucks. And we're going to caravan to the new facility. And then we're going to unload. And more importantly, we're going to begin to pray over our new facility. We are a church that will always, always, always pray first. Amen. So we'll move everything in. And then on the 18th, July the 18th, we'll have our first service at Lake Norman Prep. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. Church, I'll, clo- I'll close with this. We don't always understand the folding and we don't always understand the pressing. But we have to trust that God's plan is good We have to trust that we serve a good Father. In the folding and in the pressing, for four years we've been folded and we've been pressed. But this is what I know. Just because we're moving into a new facility doesn't mean that the folding and the pressing stops. It means that it will probably intensify. It means that God will stretch us further than He's ever stretched us before. It means that He will pour into us more than He's ever poured into us before. We can, we can sing about revival. We can pray about revival. Are we ready to receive revival? If we received revival right now, there would be nowhere to put people. In a new facility, we can Are we ready to receive revival? The folding and the pressing... God, we give it all to you. We, we have done nothing. God, I didn't do anything. I just took a step of faith. Does it doesn't rest on my shoulders? Does it doesn't rest on my wife's shoulders? Or our family's shoulders? It doesn't rest on Brittany. Paul and Nicole, it doesn't rest on Megan, it doesn't rest on our staff It it doesn't even rest on the people who attend the church God, everything rests on you, it's all because of you, it has nothing to do with our abilities it's only your faithfulness so God, we'll continue to take the steps continue to expand your kingdom but let us never forget that it's your kingdom it's not our kingdom don't let us just pay lip service when we're holding mics or walking around in a lobby don't let us just talk about it let us be about it it's your kingdom and all God's people said amen and amen can we give it up one more time for God's faithfulness and everything that he's brought us through. Hey, at the end of service, we're going to step back into worship for a couple minutes, but at the end of service, I'm going to be in the lobby available to answer any questions that you might have for the move. Let's step into worship.